You're listening to the Young Adult Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, challenge you, and lead you closer to Jesus. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy. How's everyone doing tonight? Start of a new year. Man. It's already crazy. I mean, is it just me? Or, or has this, like, time gone by so fast? Like, Christmas came by like this. New Year's went by like this. And now here we are, starting up again. And it's January, what, 10th? Like, that's insane to me. Now, I don't know about you guys. But I've, honestly, I've been a little bit exhausted these last couple of years. I mean, there's been a lot going on, right? We've got like COVID still lingering around. There's been a lot of political tension. It's been a lot of racial tension, like lots of things going on that's just crazy. And I've always tried to have this mindset of like, hey, let's not just thrive, you know, survive, let's thrive, right? Like let's, let's do better than just survive. And if I'm being honest, my head is like barely above water. Like I'm like not focusing on that. I'm just like trying to survive. And I feel like that's relatable to a lot of people. And it's funny because I hear these sayings a lot, right? You you hear these sayings come around New Year's, right? It's either like, New Year, New Me. I haven't heard that one at all. Like, everyone's still trying to, like, catch up from last year, right? Like, (laughs) nobody's nobody's doing New New Year, New Me. Another one, too, is like, man, you know, I used to hear this a lot. Oh, this year's going to be my year. Everyone's too afraid to say that now, right? Like, dang, if last year's as bad as it was, man, imagine this year. Now, I, if I'm being honest, I've had to tell God, like, take it one day at a time. Because I know that he reigns and he is king, even over the bad days, even over the, the, the days that aren't going my way. But it got me thinking, how bad is too bad? Like, even with the mistakes that we make, the, the things that we contribute to, how far is too far? How far can it go until I'm through, until I'm finished? I think many people believe that to be the case with their own spirituality and even their destiny. These years have been tough, and maybe so has their spiritual walk. And I can't promise you what this year will hold, but I can promise you that there can be somebody who can hold you. Now, Before we get too further into it, I just want to say a little prayer over this message. So if you would, close your eyes. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this new series, Into the Dark, Lord, that what you have to offer to us from your word, Lord God, is is so powerful. And I thank you that you have taught us many things and, and are going to again, Lord God, and that you have prepared this message. You prepared the, the weeks in advance, and, and you know what's going to come. And so I thank you that we can trust you with it all. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we get too further into it, I want to remind everyone, uh, get your order out there if you want some in and out all right? <laughs> I, oh, she's leaving right now, so, so get your order out. All right, we're going to eat after, so she's... Oh, there you go. Ask, ask Robert. So, there you go. Yes, the most expensive thing. Oh, gosh. Don't get me fired. Oh, my gosh. All right, so get that if you want. 
All right, <laughs> so let's continue. Um, so today, we're obviously, we're going to be talking about Judas. Um, and, and I love this story. I love the story of Judas so much because there's a lot that we can learn from it. Some people have come up to me and been like, oh, man, Kel, you don't know. If, if I would have just talked to Jesus, if I could just hear from him, if I could just feel him, if I could just see him, then I'd follow him. Then he'd be Lord. But then I'm like, oh, really? Really? Have we not walked this path before, hmm? Because Jesus actually did come down here. He actually did heal people. He, he did talk with people, and he still does talk through his word, but, but he audibly said things to people. And what did man do? Man killed him. So I, I'm not too convinced that you would necessarily follow him if you just saw him. Now today, I, I want to talk about what it means for Judas to have gotten to the point of betraying Jesus. Secondly, I want to talk about how we in our lives could eventually get to that point. We don't stop. And lastly, I want to talk about the heart of Jesus behind all of it and what he's doing in the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our mistakes, and what he does even after we've caused destruction. Now, to first off, to, to understand the situation of Judas, let's put ourselves in the disciples' shoes for a second. And imagine, if you were in this time period, imagine you as a kid growing up hearing stories about the coming Messiah. And, and you knew that there was going to be a day where the Messiah was going to come, but you didn't know when. And yet it had been so long since the people of Israel had heard from God. It had been roughly 400 years. And, and so these people who didn't know God, who, who hadn't seen the Messiah yet, they were waiting on him. And imagine if you started hearing rumors about someone, someone who started to heal people, someone who started to turn water into wine, like, like these crazy rumors about somebody. And maybe you didn't even hear the rumors. Let's say you got to see Jesus, like in the case of Peter, where Peter was out one night fishing, and he was out all night trying to catch for fish, and, and Jesus came up and said, throw your net on the other side. I'm sure if I was Peter, I was like, really, dude? What are you talking about? Like some random dude on the shore, like telling me to throw it on the other side? Well, he did. And the net started to break like a miracle just came about like that. And, and Jesus came up to him and said, follow me. I got to give my wife my keys. I forgot we drove together in my car. <laughs> there you go. Um, thanks, Abby. Um, yeah, and so imagine you're in this situation and you get to see Jesus yourself. Like, how crazy would that be? And if he came up to you and said, follow me, that'd be powerful. That'd be like, what the heck is going on, right? Like, there's this random dude who's doing miracles, and he's telling me to follow him? And so in the mind of Judas and the disciples, I'm sure you would have been pondering the thoughts of what the Messiah would be like and what he would come to do. And yet here he was in front of you. I don't know about you, but I can remember the first time I was saved. I was on fire. Like I had grown up a Christian and stuff, but it wasn't until I really took it seriously, I was just on fire. And I had this flame that like nobody could stop. Like I knew for a fact, like nobody could stop my passion. I'm gonna go spread the word. I'm gonna go tell everybody I know about Jesus. And I did. I would go around and I'd like tell people, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I, can, can I come over to your house and, and like tell your family about Jesus? Because I know, you know, they're nice people, but yeah, they're not Christians. 
And so let me, let me come over and, and do these things, right? And I would. And, and it, was, it was crazy, right? This crazy faith, this crazy flame. But eventually, the, the flame dwindled. The, the feeling had gone away. And that's because it was just a feeling. But see, if, if we're chasing after Jesus for a feeling, I want you to know that that's not why we follow Jesus. It, it went away because we don't serve God based off of a feeling, but rather because of who he is. If we serve God, serve God based off of a feeling, why would we blame anybody else for doing what they do to achieve a feeling? See, our feeling isn't a sign of our salvation or our walk with Christ, but it may become a byproduct of it. I don't serve Christ because I want peace or because I want that fire again. I serve Christ because I know that Christ is my redeemer, my keeper, and the giver of my salvation. And yes, he may give me peace, but I serve him because he alone is worthy of it. But I think many people may hold on to their comforts, may hold on to their desires, and they bring that into this relationship with Christ, this like expectation of what he's supposed to do for them. And so with Judas, we, we get this image early on about what he's kind of about and, uh, and kind of what his baggage is that he's bringing into his relationship with, with Jesus. We open up to, uh, to John chapter 12, verse 3, if you got your Bibles or your Bible apps. Jesus was invited for a meal over at Lazarus' house. And again, Judas had been witness to everything the disciples had been. So he had seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, if I was hanging out with somebody who raised somebody else from the dead, I'd be like, yo, I'm going to trust what you say. Because that's kind of, <laughs> that's pretty cool, right? And so Judas was sitting there at the house with them. And it says in verse 3, Then Mary took a pint, about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It is, a worse wage, it is worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Now, this is one of the descriptions that we were given by the Gospel of John to show what Judas had been doing because of his own desire. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus, though he knew what Judas was going to do, though he knew what Judas was already doing, Jesus had called him to be in a relationship with him. He would called him a friend, a disciple. And Jesus, being the loving God that he is, though, he didn't just let Judas off on, on his own thing. He, he actually called him out and called him out many times. Even earlier in John chapter 6, verse 66. If you want to scroll there real quick, I'll give you some context. <laughs> We're kind of jumping around places. Um, Jesus had just been given this speech, this sermon to people, and it was a really hard sermon. It, it was a saying about some things that people didn't like and even the disciples grumbled and said to themselves, man, like, how can we understand this? How can we follow this? So we pick up in verse 66, where it says, From this time, 
many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Because Jesus had accumulated a lot of disciples, like 70-something disciples. And he looks over at the 12 and he says, in verse 67, you do not want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter asked him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the 12? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the 12, was later to betray him. God is so gracious to even warn us about our mistakes. But see, Jesus was calling Judas something greater, something bigger. And when he calls each and every one of us to follow him, he means leave behind what's behind. And so when I think about this new year and I'm thinking to myself, man, this is 2022 now? Like what? Keeps going? What? I want to leave it all behind. I want to move on from this oppression and from this, this, this feeling of just keeping my head above water because that's not what Christ promised us. That's not what Christ wants for us. He's calling us into something greater. Now, I believe, though, that there's two categories of people, uh, two categories of thought people can fall into. See, Judas continued down this track of, of Doing, doing sly little things that he wanted to do, right? He kept going after the things that he desired to because he thought, you know what? I'm sure he thought, I, I'm doing fine. I'm doing things on my own. I'm surviving. I'm taking this money, but it's, it's okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not caught yet. I'm, I'm fine, like, doing my thing. And yeah, I'm walking with Jesus, and people think I'm a disciple and stuff. But then what happens? He finds himself completely not dependent on Christ and, and yet in fully need of him. And he gives Jesus up for 30 pieces of silver and, and nothing is, is worth that amount, like nothing. And so he got that money and when he realized what he had done, it, it was too late. See, he didn't recognize his need for Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I start to think that I can do things on my own, things start getting out of control, a little chaotic for me. If I can be honest recently, uh, <laughs> this happened really recent actually, and so I, I being totally honest, I, I started to feel this way this year. I totally I forgot about God. I was just like, yo, like I'm doing my thing. Like I got so many things going on. I'm so busy. Like I just, you know, wasn't taking the time that I needed. And so my dad had called me because when you get married, you have to get off your, your parents' car insurance. And so I, my dad had called me in December, and he was like, hey, like, son, you, you know, you got to get your own car insurance and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I got it. No worries. I never got in a car accident. Like, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so it, it, it expired December 13th. And, um, and then two days after Christmas, uh, actually on Christmas, Christmas, me and Abby both got COVID. And so we were stuck at home. You know, we were just, you know, toughing it out and stuff. And... Um, I was like, hey, you know, we were feeling better Monday, and it was two days after Christmas. I was like, hey, let, I'm going to steal you. We're going to go off and have our devotions by the, by the cliffs, you know, up in uh, Shell Beach, right? So I take the car. I go up there and stuff, and what happens? What happens on the way home? I get in a car accident, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, I got it all under control. I'm all good. Like, yo, things are great. Like, I, no worries, Dad. Like, what are you talking about? And then I get in a car accident, 
Now I had to pay out of pocket for this big expense of, of this dude's car damage. So that was something recent. <laughs> like things literally start to fall out of control for me. And I start to forget and, and start to forget my dependency upon Christ. And yet it's so funny, the irony of it all, right? The irony is that your reality of your dependency makes you completely covered by Christ. Like Christ has his hands over you. And if you want to rip yourself out of it, he gives you that dignity to, he gives you that ability to, but he wants to hold you and help you. And that's when you're fully dependent on him. And so when you're independent, you're actually not covered at all. And, and it's on your own strength. And so Judas had found himself giving Christ up. And so even with that story, I, you know, I was convinced I was right. I was convinced like, oh, dad, what are you talking about? I'll get it taken care of. And, and no, no. But then, what, what's, I'm so thankful for, and I'm talking spiritually here, like, what I'm so thankful for is actually the Old Testament law. And a lot of people, when I say that, they're like, man, what are you, what are you talking about? For me, it, it shows all the ways that I don't measure up. It, it's meant to show all the ways that reach is perfection, all the ways that you are meant to, to be. If you want to be like Christ, if you think you are prideful enough to, to do it on your own, Check the, check the list, and man, I, I can never make it. But Christ meets us where we're at. We never were meant to. And I don't think Judas had recognized his need for Jesus, and, and so he did that thing. But then when he realized what he did, what he made the mistake, he actually made a huge mistake. Like, when we think about the biggest mistake any human could ever make, it would be probably Judas betraying the God of the universe in the flesh. Like, that is a huge mistake. And I'm getting somewhere with it. But the second category of thought that sometimes people could fall into is thinking that they're too far gone. Thinking that they have done something that cannot be forgiven and that they are unworthy of God's love. And so I'm not going to get close to God because I want to pay for it myself. And that is another train of thought that people fall into a place of condemnation for themselves, a way that they think they don't want to be beneath. They're above it all. They want to be able to pay for it by themselves. And I personally, I met people on both ends of this. And the results, unfortunately, of both of these places, because Judas had fallen into that place thinking, oh, I don't need Jesus, so he gave him up. Then what happens? He realizes, oh my gosh, no, I made a huge mistake. I can't be forgiven of this. So he goes off and, and, and kills himself. So both of these situations, both of these mindsets lead to one thing, and that is death and separation from Christ. But what does God say about this? What does God have to say or to do with any of this? Let me first start by saying God loves you in the midst of, of your disobedience. God loves you no matter what. Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies of God, God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled from Jesus' death, shall we be saved through his life? That means that it didn't just stop there. Jesus is continually moving in our lives. Are we looking? Are we, are we seeking that? 
I don't know about you guys, but this new year, I need to restart. I need to, I need to let go of the comforts and the desires that I have in the flesh and, and hold on completely dependently on Christ. See, God loves you and longs for you. Even in the midst of your trials and in the midst of your heartache and in the midst of your pain and your anger, even against God. God is for you in all those things he is for you, even when you think he is against you, even when you are against him. He is for you, and he loves you, and he longs for you. What is the gospel? I know I'm jumping around. You don't need to follow, but you can listen. What is the gospel? John three sixteen. For God so loved the what? The world. The world that what? Crucified him? The world that he knew would betray him? The world that he knew would throw him up on a cross and torture him? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him will, have, will not perish but have eternal life. See, Jesus let Judas do what he wanted to do. He wasn't going to take away his dignity, his right. Because why do we have the, the choice in the beginning? I believe true love is only true love if you have the option of not loving. If Jesus took that right away from Judas, he wouldn't have had the right of actually loving Jesus. Did you catch that? So he wasn't going to take that away. And so he let Judas go and do what he did and though that was the darkest day in humanity, when Jesus went up and the sky got all dark, it was horrible to look at. It was the start of the greatest redemption ever given to humanity. Ever given. What can we know? What we know is this. There isn't a person too far or a situation too dark that Jesus can't redeem. Don't put my God in a box. My God is way more powerful than anything we could ever even imagine. And to say that he can't heal you because you're too far, he can't forgive you because of what you've done, no. Don't be arrogant to think that your, your problem is too big for my God. So even with this year, let's give it to him. I don't know what will happen or what you will experience, but I want you, but I want to ask you, do you have faith in the God that he can move in it? Will you make room and space for him to? And I also want to ask, what are some situations that you've been faced with? Maybe they're friendships or relationships or, or places that you have to be at with a job or school. What are some places or, or situations that you need God to be a redeemer and that you need a redemptive healing power to move in. And I want to ask, do we have enough faith to pray and ask God if he will heal it? I hope so. I want to leave it with this. Because God's love is, is written all over the story of Judas. And I believe that that's super important to realize because it is a, a sad story of, of someone not seeing the redemptiveness of Christ. Yet he walked with them for three years. 
yet he ate with Jesus for three years, yet he slept in the same vicinity as Jesus for three years, and yet he, didn't, he missed it. So I, I want to drive it home with this. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that we are not meant to do this life alone. That, God, the, the weight that we're carrying over from 2021, God, from the weight that's been carried over from 2020 even, God, I pray that the things that we've held on to, the habits from our past, the things that you want us to let go of because they're chains holding us down, God, I pray that you would just help us to let those things go. God, I pray that we'd be able to see this year with new eyes, with the eyes that you have, Jesus, seeing areas in which you can bring life into the God. I pray that you'd give us the faith and the understanding that we can come to you in everything, Lord, and that, God, you want to be there with us in everything. I thank you, Jesus, because, God, you love us with crazy love. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.